I just want to start out by saying I, I love my church. I really do. And, uh, and I, I can't wait till Sunday comes around the corner. I look forward to it. You know, a, a lot of people, and, and maybe, that, maybe this is you, and, and that's okay. Uh, but, you know, maybe you don't like your job. I, I love what I do. I love it. I love coming here on Sunday. I, I, I love seeing you. I love standing up here and preaching the word of God. I love seeing what God does through this church. I love seeing what God does in, in your hearts and in your lives. I, I love watching you grow. I love this church. Come on, come on, get this church a hand. Come on, people. If you're here for the first time or um, it, you, you've just been here a couple times, I just want to welcome you. I'm kicking off a new series called I Love My Church. And, um, and, and this is, I, I like to do this about every six months, is really clarify what our church is about, kind of give you guys some next steps so you can take next steps. You know, church is about growing and reaching people, right? Amen? Amen. All right. So, you know, it all started with, with me and my wife. We, we shared a vision to, to reach people. We were burdened for people. You know, a lot of, we experienced some brokenness because of my addiction and my problems. And, and, and therefore, you know, God sent people in, in our past that have similar problems. And we just were burdened for people. And God said, hey, start a church. Let's do this big time. And, uh, and, and, and we did. And it started out with, with 13 people, some Bible studies. Some of you are probably part of those Bible studies. At one point, we have like five Bible studies going and, uh, at, during the week. It was, it was ridiculous. And then we brought them all together and started meeting uh, as a church and having worship. And then we launched out of this school in March about a year and a half ago. So uh, we're here now, and, and God's moving in this place, and, and, and we're so excited. But just to clarify, you know, some of what we're about. Um, you know, if you, if you want to say, you know, I love Northridge Church, or, or I love that church, you want, to know, you want to know what it's about. You know, what's the heartbeat of Northridge? And the heartbeat of Northridge is, is that we're a, we're a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church that exists to help people that are far from God experience a life-giving relationship with Jesus and others. Like, it's all about helping others. That's what we're about. We want to help others. We want to reach people for Jesus. And that's what we're about. You know, one of the characteristics that, uh, that we value here is authenticity. I believe that, you know, we, we need to be real. You know, we need, to, we need to be honest. We need to be truthful. We need to be authentic. And, and I try as much as I can to, to do that from the stage here. And, and I'm just going to take a moment here to, to be really real with you, okay? So, you know, here, here's a confession. You know, and, and Peter, he says, you know, confess your sins to one another, okay? So I, I, think, that, I think that you will relate to this one when I confess it. If not, um, go talk to some leadership. We'll talk you through it. You might have a problem, but here's the confession. I, I, I'm selfish sometimes, and if, and, if, and if you are too, say, me too. Me too, yeah, I'm selfish sometimes. You know, my kids, right, I'll tell you how this plays out very simplistically. My kids, I have three kids, uh, one teenager and two younger ones, and, and, uh, and, and I'll bust open like a protein bar. I like to eat on the run sometimes, and I like these certain protein bars, and, and I'll eat one, and, you know, it's only so big, you know, it's got chocolate chips, and sometimes the chocolate chips are on one end and not the other, and I'm like waiting to get to the end, you know, and they'll be like, can I get some of that? And I'm like, what? What did you just say? Or I'll ignore them. Like, huh? It just, I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to give it up, you know. And I'm like, no, you can't have some, and I'm like, okay. Here, 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 you know, I'm being selfish. Here, have some. But just little things like that. Like, we, we, we have an innate desire to, to, to be selfish. Like, it's all about us, right? 
And that's just how we are. But I, I want to play a quick game with you, okay? And, and these, are, these, are, these are confessions, right? And, and, and like I said, if it applies to you, say me too. Are you ready? All right, so I like getting what I want. I don't like waiting for what I want. <laughs> I'm happier when I get what I want. Me too. I didn't see some mouths moving out there. Y'all, y'all are some really unselfish people. That is really good. <laughs> Amen. You know, so um, Jake and, and, and Alex here, they're going to bring out um, a teaching illustration here. Why do that? Why they do that? Um, you know, here's the thing. A lot of times what we think about is ourselves, and it's all about church, like here, here, the church. It's all about us here, right? And, and you know what? Our, our vision states that we're to help others. Like we want to help others experience a life-giving relationship, right, with Jesus and among each other. That's what we want to do. So I want to take you to some scripture today that will help us together as a church, you know, reach out for God's glory and be able to reach people for his name's sake. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to John, John chapter 1. And this is about a guy. This is about a guy named Philip. Everybody say Philip. Philip. This is about a guy named Philip. And Philip didn't think so much about here himself, but he thought about Somewhere else. He thought about other people, right? So in verse 43, we're going to pick up. Scripture will be on the screen. If you have your mobile device, go ahead and use it. We, don't, we, we, we won't look down at you if you look like you're texting or something. It's cool. Um, verse 43. So the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. So, of course, Philip follows him, right? Very spiritual indication that, that, that uh, Philip looked up to Jesus and probably thought he was the Messiah, right? So... Verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about the one whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, right? So he, he, he immediately, when he encountered Jesus and he started following Jesus, he started thinking outside of himself. Like, he started thinking about, you know, that, that's great, I found Jesus, but this is for everybody. Like, this Jesus is for, is, is for anybody that... that they can get their hands on him. Like, he, he's, he's going he's gonna to rock the whole world. And, um, and he knew that. So, verse 46. So, Nathaniel says this. He says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. And here, let me, just, let me just portray this to you here, okay? Because, you know, some of your friends are like, you go to church? <laughs> Is that cool? Like, <laughs> you go to church, man? Is it boring? Horrible, the music's probably horrible, right? Your parents make you go to church? Like, you know, look, Nathaniel, tell me, Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, yeah, this guy, you think he's a Messiah, Jesus, right? Yeah, right. Well, it, there's a little historical context in this, too, because, see, what was, what, what was in Nazareth, Nazareth was, a, was an army garrison, right, for, for the Roman soldiers. The, the Roman soldiers, they had, a, they, they had, a, they had like, a, a, a unit there stabilizing everything, and, and, and for Rome and the Jews to get along was like a no-no. Like, they, they, they didn't. Because, because Rome really oppressed the Jews. You know, they let them have their little synagogues and all that stuff. But they taxed them greatly. Like, they hated, they hated each other. They disliked each other. And, and, and so for, for a Messiah to come out of, out of Nazareth, it was like, what? <laughs> this is crazy, right? So this, it, it, was, it, was a valid, it was a valid belief. So he says, come and see, Philip. Said Philip, 
Verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How did you, how did you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. He's like, what? You saw me. <laughs> this is freaky, man. How did you see me? Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you and I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see greater things than that. And he added, very truly I tell you, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Wow. Jesus like picked his number, right? He's like, man, I saw you under the fig tree. And, and, and perhaps, and, and, and there's some meaning behind this too, because perhaps Nathaniel was, was studying because it, it, was, it was known for, for, for rabbis and for students and people to study, to study the law and to study, study holy scriptures under fig trees or olive trees. Like it was a custom. It was what they did. So he was probably un, under there seeking, seeking God, right? And Jesus said, I saw you there. I saw you. You know all the scriptures you're reading? He's speaking to his heart. That's me. It's me. But see, here's the thing that I want to tell you today, is that Philip was burdened for his friend. Like, he knew that all the, all the people, all the Jews were looking forward to this Messiah, right? And he knew that there was a burden there, that there was something that was bothering him, right? And, and, and so he went and told him, he's like, hey, man, we found, I think we found the guy. Like, he's here, you know, right? He's here. And, um, and he was burdened, so he went to tell him. You know, what, what burdens you? What burdens you? Only your problems? And that's okay. I know we have burdens. We have problems. Well, what about other people? You know, one, one thing, one thing that, that burdens me, right, is like people honking at me. <laughs> I'm like, what in the heck? You know, we, we, we have uh, some ministry partners in Honduras. Some of you know them. And, and we're, we're going to go there in June. But the last time I was there and the last couple times I was there, I, I noticed something strange. Like, Everybody drives at, like, high speed. I mean, there's, like, no speed limits. It's absolutely crazy. You know, it's really fun, actually. You know, after you get past the scary part, and you're like, okay, the driver really knows how to drive because he does this every day, and he drives recklessly every day. So it's great. And if Manuel is listening right now because he likes to listen, man, I love your driving. It's cool. So, <laughs> but uh, he's a safe driver, I promise. Um, but, uh, you know, they, it's a courtesy to honk over there. And it's weird because over here, like, you know, you honk at someone, you get the finger, man. You get cussed out. You get screamed at. You know what I mean? Over there, it's like everybody honks. They're like, get out of the way. I'm coming. Right? And I'm like, man, you just honk to that guy. And he's like, everybody's like, you know, everybody's honking at each other. And it's what you're supposed to do. It's a courtesy. But like over here, if you're bothered, right, you honk at people. And like, man, you, you know, if, if someone honks at you, you'll cuss. I'm telling you. And yeah, you will. And you're like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't cuss, pastor. Okay, well, you make up your own cuss words because Christian people make up their own cuss words. You cuss. And if you don't do that, you, you think about it in your head. You think about a cuss word. And the scripture says what you think about is in your heart. You know, that's true, right? And that's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'll cuss. Something will burden you. It's not okay to do that, but. Jesus. Amen. So, you know, one of the things that Philip one of the things that Philip did um, was interesting, too, was you notice there in the text where he says, he starts to argue with them because, you know, Nathaniel says, oh, what, what good can come out of Nazareth? You know, like, what, what's, you know, I, I don't really want to go with you to see this guy. What the heck, you know? And, uh, and it's interesting 
that Philip didn't argue with him. Like, he didn't start an argument. And so, so many times what we want to do is we think that our arguments can win people to church or win people to Jesus, and they can't because it only, in the end, it makes us look bad and it makes God look bad, and it's like, oh, man, what just happened there? You know? And, you know, apologetics, okay? Uh, apologetics is, is, is the, the argument of the faith, right? And, and you know, I, I started studying apologetics. I took classes and stuff like that because it interests me. Like, you know, I, I kind of argumentative. I like to argue things, you know? I like to win. I like to be right. Who doesn't like to be right, right? <laughs> Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I like to be right. Yeah, I know. Well, I like to be right. See, the thing about apologetics, though, is like uh, apologetics, uh, apologetics will only win certain people. It'll only win certain people to the faith that are already riding the fence and they're seeking the right answers. It won't win people that are so far disconnected from faith that they can't, that, that, that that it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't argue someone uh, like, like that. You just can't, you know? It's to convince those that are just about already convinced or to strengthen believers. Apologetics is to strengthen believers. So, you know, Philip didn't fight with Nathaniel. He's like, just come on. You know, he didn't issue an, an argument. He issued an invitation. Do you see that? And, and, and so much of the time we want to argue with our friends and our family members. Like, come on, man, you know, just just. Just believe, you know? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Just issue them an invitation to church. We'll preach at them. We'll love on them. We'll serve them. You know, here's the deal. It's not so much about here. But you know what? One, one letter makes all the difference in the world. Uh, some of you guys recently um, can recall the, the huge incident over in uh, South Carolina with the, with the, um, with the African-American church and... Um, and the guy Dylan Roof, who, who, uh, who went in there and, and shot and killed uh, a lot of the attendees of the Bible study, walked right into the church and just killed them. And horrible thing, horrible thing. But you know what? There's this, there's this guy here. His, his name is also Dylan Roof, right? But one, one letter makes all the difference. See, the, the, the guy who, who, who committed the crime, his name is spelled with two N's. Dylan with two ends on the end, right? This guy is also from the same place, Lexington, South Carolina, the same place that the other Dylan Roof, Roof is from. And, and see, he, he got all these text messages, he got all these calls, he got all these people trying to engage him on social media, right, about this, about being a murderer. And he's like, he, he wrote, he, you know, they got a hold of him and they wrote this article about him because he's like, he's like, man, all these people, I just wanted to let you know that my name is not, there's one letter difference. Like, I'm not that guy, <laughs> I'm not him, you know, and, and he even says that he had problems before with, with being, being related to the other Dylan Roof with yearbooks, photos, and things like that, people trying to get in touch with him all the time on social media, all that stuff, so um, they took the other guy's Facebook account down after he, he went to jail, but one, one letter makes all the difference, and I'm here to tell you today that one letter can make all the difference with us as a church. Why don't we stop thinking about here? And think about out there. It can make all the difference with us as a church if we think about those that are in our community, that are in our realm, our, our sphere of influence. You know, there's a lot of people that, that would come to church if you just invite them. You know, there's, a, there's, there's some statistics out there. I love statistics. Some of y'all hate statistics, and that's cool. Some of y'all fail statistics, and I'm sorry that you did that. You know, you can, you can take it again. Um, but here, 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. 
And that's from Tom Rainer. He's a researcher. He's also a president of Lifeway. Um, that's some legitimate stuff. Like, that's legit information right there. It is. And uh, we're, we're doing something for the rest of September, all right? We're going to do something for the rest of September called Sit With Me September. All right, this is an initiative for you to invite your friends. I'm going to invite mine, too. Some of you all are here because me and Robin invited you, you know. But Sit With Me September is this. Is you, you, you get someone in these doors. You bring someone to church. We're going to give them, and not you, because it's not about you. It's about them, right, a, a Starbucks gift card. Okay, we're going to give them a Starbucks gift card. You come back to the VIP table in the back, bring them back there, and say, hey, you know, I brought this visitor. Hook them up. You know what? They're going to get a free T-shirt, too. Man, it's going to be like a birthday. <laughs> sit with me, September. Everybody say, sit with me, September. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, sit with me, September. Yeah, sit with me, September. All right, you got two weeks. Break up now. Rack it up. Tell your friends, Starbucks. And... Um, this is going to be good, you know, and, and, and there's a reason why we do that. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not to get people in the doors or get numbers up. It's because that we believe that we have this conviction deep down in our souls that we believe that if someone comes through that door right there, they're going to get touched with the presence of Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit is going to go to work on them, and, and they're, going to have a, they're going to come to a place where, 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 where they can make a decision to follow Jesus in here because every Sunday they're going to get an opportunity Anybody, you, anybody else is going to get an opportunity to follow Jesus and make a commitment. Amen? And we believe that that, that, that commitment right there is life-changing. It's life-changing. My wife, right? Somebody introduced me to her. Somebody did. I didn't just run into her. In fact, I have a cousin, right? <laughs> I have a cousin. And, and, and she introduced me to my wife and thought that it would be great that we meet and all this. And, you know, bam, love connection. Hello. Yeah. And, and, and it could be just as easy as that. Like you invite your friends, come in here, they come in here, and they, they start loving Jesus and experiencing the love of Jesus, and everything changes in their life. Like Jesus will change your life. Come on, somebody. He will. He'll change your life. You know, Jesus did a lot of things that changed people's lives. You know, you, you, look, you look at something in the Bible, right? Jesus, it, this is interesting to me because in, in Luke chapter 5, um, Jesus encounters this leper. And the leper is someone that has a skin disease, right? And for a Jew or even a, especially a rabbi or a teacher to like, to like come in contact, even much less talk to someone that has leprosy, it was like a no-no. Like you want to you're like 10-foot rule, man. <laughs> like get away from me. You know, but Jesus, right? He encounters this leper, and, 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 and he says, you know, hey, you know, what, what, what do you want to happen here? And, and he wanted to get healed. And Jesus didn't just be like, hey, go in peace, be healed. Like, he touched him. He actually physically touched him. He touched the leper. Like, you don't do that. You might get leprosy, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't do that. And Jesus touched him. And you know what that shows me? That Jesus is not afraid to get in our mess. He's not afraid to get in someone else's mess. He's not afraid to fix your mess. He's, not, he's, he, he's right here. He's right, he's right there. And he wants to get in our mess and turn it upside down and replace it with a miracle. Amen? That's right. You know, it's, we need to forget about the, the here, and we need to focus on the there. Because God's going to do his work through us. You know, one thing I want to ask you, I want to ask you, you know, will, will you... 
you know, will, will, you, will you commit to participate and sit with me September? Will you? Will you do that? You know, there's another thing that we have coming up, another initiative coming up. And, uh, and we're going to offer membership to you, to the church family. We believe here that church is a family. And, and we're a tight-knit people, you know, on, on mission for God. And, um, and we're going to hold a, a membership class. It's going to start next week. It's going to be after church. We're going to have some food. And it's going to be for two weeks in a row. And we're going to walk through this book here. It's called, it's called I Am a Church Member. Everybody say, I am a church member. I'm a church member. That's right. And if you sign up online or if you sign up back there at the table, you will get this book for free. Everybody say free. Free. You'll get this book for free. And we're going to walk through this book. It's really simple. Like, I read it in less than 45 minutes. If I, let it, if I read it in less than 45 minutes, like, you, you should be able to, to read it even quicker than that because I got all kinds of distractions going on. Okay, so you'll get this book for free, and we're going to walk through it. And it talks about how we can become church members and what it means and, and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, here's the deal. Is we're, you know, we're, we're, not, we're, not a, we're not a place so much for us here but we're a church for them out there. It is good for us to have next steps and to grow together and be a family, but there's so much more than, than just us here. Well, you know what? Um, I, I, I've been kind of shook and kind of, you know, the Lord kind of rocked my world about church and, and, and how it works. You know, we've had people come in here with track marks on their arm, you know, like fresh track marks on their arm from shooting up dope. If you don't know what track, track marks are, it's from shooting up dope. You know, you got people coming in here, walking in here like this. We got, you know, somebody said something to me, and it was so funny. You know, uh, we, we had a guy that was doing an offering basket one time. He, he was an usher for an offering basket, and he had an Iron Maiden shirt on, right? <laughs> and, and somebody stepped to me and was like, hey, man, you know the guy that's doing the offering has got an Iron Maiden shirt on? And I'm like, yep. Cool, right? Yeah. Because you know what? You know, maybe he was listening to that stuff. And, you know, if you listen to Iron Maiden, cool, whatever. But, you know, not all that, you know, God-glorifying music. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know what? He was, he, was, he was touched with Jesus. And he wanted to serve. You know, there's people like that that are coming in here that we have an opportunity to touch. Another guy that I met with recently, you know, he says, he says you know, I don't know if I believe in Jesus. I don't even have a Bible. Like, I don't, I'm not even sure about this. You know, but, but they're coming here to our church, people like that. And we have an opportunity to reach them and to let God do his to, to let God do his business in their lives. Amen? So you're valuable. We're all valuable. You know, Christ paid, paid the price. You know, we, we, all, we all have this concept that, that we all, we're, we're all consumers. We buy things. You know, it, you, you determine the value of something by the price that you'll pay for it, right? Like some of y'all wheel and deal on Craigslist, online, you know, eBay. You determine the value of it by the price you'll pay for it. And God gave his son, Jesus, for us. Like his, his only son, Jesus. In human flesh, God gave him, sacrificed him on the cross for us. He paid a price, a big price, life, a real life on the cross for you and me. And he does that for each and every one of us and your friends and your family members. So I encourage you from this point on to, to, to think about them out there. And if you're here today and you want to make a commitment to follow Jesus, I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. I'm going to give you that opportunity this morning to say, you know what, I need to be forgiven. I need your love, Jesus. 
I don't know so much about this whole church thing, but I want to know more. If that's you this morning, you want to make a commitment to say, God, please forgive me of my sin and make me new. Just pray with me if you would. Just repeat after me. And church, let's pray together. Right where you're sitting, just pray after me in case someone beside you wants to pray. And say, God, I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to forgive me of my sin and to give me life. Please help me to experience your love from this moment forward. I commit my life to you. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to be bold right where you're sitting with every head bowed and eye closed. Just slip up your hand. I'm going to count to three and just slip up your hand and say, that was me. One, God loves you. Two, Jesus died for you. And three, come on, be bold. Just slip up your hand one time. Slip it up. Amen, amen. You can put them down. You can put them down. Come on, let's stand together and let's worship the Lord. Let us press into God in this moment. Come on, give, give God a shout of praise. Give those a, a, a hand clap that raise their hand. Amen, amen.